Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. Raise your hand if you've never been to a Citizens Camp. Dude, hey, it's time. It's time. So, hey, I just want to let you guys know we're doing something different this year, all right? We had a hugely, hugely generous event um, a few weeks ago, and basically we raised enough money to send a buttload of kids. Do the math on that one, what technically is a buttload. We could send a buttload of kids to camp for free, okay? And so if you're in here and you need a scholarship and you're like, dude, I want to go, but the money thing, don't even worry about money. Seriously, we're not going to worry about money, but here's what we're also going to do, all right? We've invited you guys over the last few weeks to be praying, to be thinking about your friends who don't know Jesus, your friends that you're like, dude, if only I can get them to camp. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to send them to camp for free, all right? And so if you have a friend that you want to come to camp, that you're praying for, and you're saying they need to come to camp, I'm just, I'm praying that God would work in their lives. You can come over to Michelle. Michelle, give a nice wave here. Michelle's my assistant. She has what's called Camp on Me cards. And so you can fill out an application for her. We'll take those in, we'll look through them, and then we'll give you like a gift card to camp that you can give to your friend. So is there anybody in here that you say, dude, I I could use one of those gift cards for a friend. I know who I'm thinking of. Great. Yeah, awesome, dude. Be on mission. Be praying about that. Think about it. Yeah, get you want to be Evan. Bring him. All right. Um, but yeah, be thinking about that. So sound good? Are you guys gonna go to camp? Are you gonna bring your friends to camp? All right. Well, let's get started. We're starting a new series tonight. Open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter five. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter five. Uh, if you don't have a Bible. Uh, we have those spread out in the back. There's blue ones there, but you'll want to bring your Bible every week, all right? We go through this, we follow along, and, and, and it's great. So if you've been alive, if you've been born, if you've been in this world for more than a week, you guys know the way things work, right? Like you just, you get it. You know the way that things work, and uh, you know, just from growing up, right? You grow up and in your home, you start to realize, oh, this is how we do things in my house, right? Maybe it's weird, but you get it. You go to the playground, you start to understand how things work on the playground. You go to school and you start to just get it. You just, everything about growing up is you learning the way things work, okay? But then maybe, maybe kind of like tonight, for those of you who are new, maybe you find yourself in a new setting, right? And you're in a new setting, and and these are probably the moments where you're most embarrassed, right? If you think back to the moments that you've been embarrassed, or think back to times that you've been embarrassed for someone else, I bet you it goes back to a time where you were in a new setting and you had to learn all over the way things work, right? And so you're in a new, in a new environment, a new situation, and you do something stupid and now you blush or, or somebody does something that you're like, oh my gosh, idiots, right? And you just, they do something that's cringeworthy and it's as if you want to look at them and you go, that's not the way we do things here, right? That's not how it works. I think the best example is a classroom, okay? First day of school, you get to your schedule, you go to a new classroom, and what's the first few days about, Right? It's not about the syllabus. It's not about learning. If the, for those of you, especially the troublemakers in the room, you know what the first few days are about. You're testing the teacher. You know what I'm saying? Anybody like that? Anybody go war, uh, face-to-face with the teacher every year? Yep, there's more of you. I know it, but you're lying. For me, the first few days of school, brand new classroom, this is the time where you're figuring out how do things work in this classroom, right? Am I gonna have a super chill teacher? Is she gonna be like super lenient? What can I get away with? What, what is she gonna punish? And so you're figuring out how things work. We had a teacher in, in school, I was in high school, and it was Senor Chupac, okay? We say his name in a Spanish accent, but don't be mistaken, he was not Spanish. He was this tall, he tried to retire four years in a row, but the school district wouldn't let him because they didn't have a replacement for Spanish teachers. And so you could say that this dude was checked out, right? Senor Shupak, he would walk in and before he even got into the classroom, this dude already lost. You know what I'm talking about? Like, because I was in the classroom and my friends were in the classroom and this guy didn't stand a chance. So he'd walk into the room, buenos dias, clase. Or like, yeah, what up, Shupak? He's like, clase. And so he opens up his book and this is just like, this was anarchy in the classroom. You know what I'm talking about? Like we would like literally get up and walk out of the classroom. 
Like it was, I know, I know, you respected me until five seconds ago, but that's what we did. It was just, that was the way things work in this room. And so we'd get up, like we'd blow gum. Like there, I remember this one girl sitting in the back and she has her feet up and she's like popping bubbles. Like, you know, and it's just like, and guess what Senor Shupak does? Nothing. He's checked out. This dude does not care, right? It's just the way things work. And so one day, Senor Shupak, um, we thought we beat him. <laughs> We thought we finally won because Senor Shupak threw in the towel and he says, I'm done with this. He's like, I don't care if you have a replacement or not, I'm out. And we go, yeah, we beat Senor Shupak. Yeah, we win. Until the next day we realized we lost. Because guess who replaced Senor Shupak? Mr. Diaz, right? Not Senor, Mr. Diaz, right? And so we started to just do the things that we'd normally do, right? He's in the middle of teaching something about Spanish and ER verbs. I don't know. I was, I'm doing my thing. I get up to go out to the bathroom. He's like, where are you going, kid? I'm just going out for a drink. No, you're not. Sit down. Oh, okay. Right? Somebody, that girl in the back, she starts taking out her 15th piece of gum in class. She, hey, go spit that out right now. Otherwise, you're going to the principal's office. It became very clear that there was going to be a new way that things worked in this classroom. You could say it was almost like Mr. Diaz. He heard what we did to Senor Shupak, right? And he came ready. And so there, was, there was like new leadership. There was a new administration, you could say. There was a new person in charge. And so for the rest of that semester, me and my compatriots or compadres or amigos, I paid attention a little bit, right? Anybody confirm that? Fact checker? C, thank you, C, yes, amigo and C. We had to learn the way that things work. We needed to learn the way that things work here. Do you guys get what I'm talking about? Like when you get into a new job, how many, anybody have a new job this year, right? You come in, yeah, you do, you come in and you have to figure out the way that things work. Maybe you have a new group of friends and so the thing, the way that you even joke, like you ever notice how the way you joke with friends are different depending on who you're with? The kind of humor is different. You have to learn the way that things work. You go to a new school, all of these things, you are learning the way that things work. Make sense? And so you're all alive for more than a week. I congratulate you. You know the way that things work in the world, right? This dude shows up on the scene, right? And um, like, you know the way that things work in the world, but he doesn't seem to get it. All right. There's a guy that shows up on the scene here and he's defying everything that you and I know about how the way that things are supposed to work in the world. And he starts doing things and he's saying things and he's the kind of guy that you probably cringe about and you go, that's not the way things work here. And his name is Jesus. And look what he starts doing. He shows up on the scene, Matthew chapter, we'll jump back to chapter four. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame, everybody say fame. fame. <laughs> Thank you. Are you guys awake tonight? Do I need to like turn on the fire alarm or something? What is happening? Are you guys with me? Say fame. All right, there we go, here we go. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick. Those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Sick people are healed, like miraculously, not like they went to the doctors, they took the penicillin, 14 days later they were good, they were miraculously healed. People that like had demons inside of them, not like they watched a movie and they were like, like demon possessed people, they were exercised. Those who had afflictions were freed from them. This is not the way things work here. Do you understand that, right? Like how many of you guys went home yesterday and you're like, hey mom, oh, my mom, she was possessed by a demon again. <laughs> I just like, when is she gonna get mom? Be out, right? Like, do you guys do that in your free time? Like, do you guys like walk through the school halls and somebody's like, Achoo! and you're like, bless you, and like healed you of the cold? Like very few of you do, that's great. I'll come over to your place, right? But like this Jesus dude steps up to the scene and you're like, this is not the way things work here. What are you doing? That is not normal. 
And so these crowds, right? It says great crowds. They're running to Jesus and they're trying to figure out what's happening. Like, I'm gonna need an explanation, Jesus. You gotta break this thing down for me because this is not the way things work here. And the only explanation that Jesus gives them, the only explanation that Jesus comes up with, he said said it here in verse 23. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Everybody say, the kingdom. All right, we're getting better here. Let's try it one more time. The kingdom. All right, where's Max? Max, point of order. Next week, let's add stretching to our gathering order. All right, we're gonna do like calisthenics, warm-up stretches. Um, Yes, yes. (laughs) kingdom calisthenics, right? Like everybody grab their Bible. Come on, like, come on, Bible ups, right? We just like, like stretch. Wouldn't that be tight, dude? Like a little Bible squat, maybe? We can, we'll work on it at camp. We'll do it at camp, all right? Come to camp, we'll do Bible calisthenics, right? So anyway, so these crowds are coming in. They say, what's going on? He's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And so every single one of you in this room, you know that when you look at this scene, you go, that's not the way things work. And Jesus says, you're right. And I'm announcing that a new kingdom has arrived. Okay? Jesus is proclaiming. He is announcing, hey, friends, students, check it out. New kingdom is here. What's a kingdom? Well, there's a castle and a princess and, and there's lots of spears. The spears? Spires. Spires. There could also be spears there. All right, the guards. But what's a kingdom? Is it just a Disney castle? Yes, it is. Thank you, Caleb. A kingdom is the realm of a king's rule or reign. Okay? A kingdom is a place. It doesn't have to be physical. A kingdom is a place. It's a dominion where everything that happens in this kingdom is determined and influenced by the will of the king. Right? And so if you are in the kingdom of France, you are in the dominion where the king of France rules. If you're in the kingdom of Spain, these are probably not kingdoms, granted, this is a Bible lesson, not a history lesson. Uh, But if you're in the kingdom of Spain, you're in the place that is influenced by the king of Spain. And so Jesus shows up, he says, yes, I know this is not the way things normally work, but I'm here to tell you that there is a new kingdom. Think of it like this. A few months ago, we all went through something that our country goes through every four years. What did we experience? A new president, right? An election, right? Hey, political commentary aside, let's just stick with this. It happens every four years, right? And so when the president comes into the White House, when we elect a new president, we're doing more than just choosing a new guy to sit in the chair. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is more than just saying, who's gonna answer the phone in the White House when we call? Friends. When you get a new president, you are getting a new administration. There's a new, there's a new person in charge. There's a new strategy. There's new direction. There's a new vision. There is a new way that things are going to work now. And so in the same way, when Jesus comes proclaiming the kingdom, he's saying there's a new administration. There's a new strategy. There's new direction. There is a new way that things work in this kingdom. Jesus has announced that a new kingdom has arrived. And so he says, hey, the kingdom is here. And then he starts to invite people into the kingdom. And that's where we come to you guys. A lot of you in this room, you've been there. You heard, you've heard Jesus declare the new kingdom. Many of you in this room have responded to the fact that there's a new kingdom and you said, I want to live in that kingdom. And many of you in this room have declared Jesus to be the king of your heart, Right? And many of you, I've, I've done it myself, you got into a baptismal tank. Some of you have your friends have gotten into a baptismal tank. They weren't like, this wasn't masochism. They weren't like trying to drown. Like they were declaring, I now live for this king. I no longer want to live in the kingdom of this world. I want to live in the kingdom of God. And so I'm talking to you today. If you're in this room and you say, man, I I no longer want to live in the kingdom of this world. I want to live in this kingdom. I want to follow this king. You are now caught in what I call the tale of two kingdoms, okay? If you're trying to live for Jesus, you are caught in what I call the tale of two kingdoms. And so here's what this means. This means that you are surrounded by the kingdom of this world, but yet at the same time, you're trying to live in God's kingdom, right? You go to school every single day with people who live in the kingdom of this world, right? Like, dude, like we listen to music and they're singing songs. And what are the songs saying? 
Let me tell you, yo, how the kingdom of this world, yo, works, yo, right? Said every rap song ever. Am I right? Drake fans in the room, right? Isn't that pretty much how it goes? Dude, you guys are dead tonight. I need to just like throw rocks at you or something. Stone him! I don't know, right? So we listen, we go to school, we sing songs. Dude, we watch movies. And who are the main characters in the movies? People who live in the kingdom of this world. And so Christian, we have a hard job. We're surrounded by the kingdom of this world, and yet we're trying to live under this new administration. We're trying to live with this new king. And so we need to learn, right? If we're going to live for God, we need to learn what are the values of this new kingdom, right? Just like the new president, he has new values. What are the values of this new kingdom? What are the practices? Like, I, I, I used to live, I spent so much time in the kingdom of the world. Now that I want to be a Christian, like, what do, I, what do I do? Like, what do I not do? We need to learn. Like, Christians, I'm talking to you. You need to learn what does the king celebrate? What does he reward in his kingdom? And but high schoolers, especially middle school, listen, like, you have such a hard job right now because you're literally surrounded by the kingdom of this world. And yet you're trying to learn what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. I do what I do, like Sam Cassis here, talk to me, right? Like, I do what I do. Like, I'm a pastor, full time. I went to school for this. A lot of my friends went to school for eight years to be doctors. I went to school for eight years to preach the Bible um, and they make more money than me. But that's okay because I love you guys and you guys, like I'm, I'm with you and I'm for you and the youth staffers in this room, we're doing life with you because you're caught in the tale of two kingdoms. You're trying to live in the kingdom of God but you're surrounded by the kingdom of this world and so here's what you need. You need to learn how do things work in the kingdom of God. That's what you need. And that's what the crowd needed as they come to Jesus and they go, what is this about? Talk to us, explain it. Jesus is about to explain it. Here's how things work in the kingdom of God. Check it out. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, right? And so we're gonna start this next week too. In the old, in the, in the old days, the teacher would sit down and the people would stand. So can we do that starting next week? Is that cool? Would that help you guys wake up a little bit? So everybody stand up. I'm gonna teach like this for the rest lazy, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so he stands up, he goes, listen, listen, listen. You want to know what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God? I'm not going to leave you guessing. I'm not going to send you to school and let you wonder, is this what I do to follow Jesus? He goes, I'm not going to let you guess. I'm going to tell you right now. And look what he says. He opened his mouth and he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You want to know the right way to live? I'll tell you who's blessed. I'll tell you the blessed life. He keeps going. Blessed are those who mourn. Everybody say mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for. For they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the. For they shall receive mercy. He keeps going. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are, say that word louder because it hurts. For righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, students, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. <laughs> what do you think? What do you guys think about the people that Jesus just declared as blessed? He, hey, you wanna, you wanna know who's blessed in my kingdom? You wanna know who's living life the right way in my kingdom? I mean, just, you know, those who are being persecuted. Like those who are poor in spirit, they're blessed. Those who are merciful. Friends, this is a huge reversal of how things work in our world, right? Like none of you walk around, like, like you create goals at the beginning of the year, you know? And you're like, all right, 2017, new year, new you. I want to be walked over like I don't have an opinion, meekness. I want to be made fun of so badly that it hurts. Check, right? Like, are, are these your life goals here? 
Like this is so not the way that things work in our world. This is a huge reversal. Friends, in Vancouver, Washington, you're not blessed if you're persecuted or you're poor in spirit. You're cursed, right? The traits and the attitudes that Jesus is declaring to be blessed in the kingdom are the opposite. These are the opposite traits of those that are rewarded in your life. At Union High School, the meek are not blessed, they're walked over. The persecuted are not blessed at Mountain View High School. They're made fun of. The poor in spirit are not commended, they're taken advantage of. These are complete opposites. Do you, are you starting to see it, students? With me, are you, are you starting to see the tale of two kingdoms here? These are two very different kingdoms. In our world, in the kingdom of this world, you puff up your chest and you show that you got what it takes. But life in God's kingdom bows to the king. In this world, you, like everything in this world screams, dude, you can do it on your own. You have what it takes. You're the man, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. Yes, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. I'm the man. You can tell everybody. Everybody. Because I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. Right? Like that's literally the, the battle cry of, of, the, of the kingdom of this world. You can do it. But Jesus says, in my kingdom, the one who's blessed, the one who actually has got it, is the one who humbly trusts in me. The one who's got it, the one who's blessed in my kingdom, is the one who's not puffing out his chest trying to prove it. It's the one who's bowing his knee and he's serving me. And for the next few moments, we're gonna break down exactly what it looks like to bow our knee to the king. And what we see is as we break these beatitudes down, as we break down these blessed statements, the kingdom of God is a huge reversal. Are you getting the tale of two kingdoms here? Have you ever felt the tale of two kingdoms in real time? Some of you go home. Some of you don't even have Christian parents. You feel the tale of two kingdoms in your own home. Your parents, for some of you, represent the kingdom of this world, and you're sitting there going, what does it look like to live in the kingdom of God? Let's break down what Jesus says. He opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The first, we, the first people that we see are blessed are the spiritually poor. How many of you are spiritually poor? <laughs> right? Like, what does it mean to be spiritually poor? Well, think about somebody who's financially poor. Imagine you meet this guy in the street, right? This dude is so aware of his need, right? Like you're never gonna meet a truly poor person. They're gonna be like, hey, everybody, don't mind me. I'm just totally good. All right, I got this. Please, no, 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 stop, stop. Put your money away, no donations, all right? I'm good, I'm exactly where I need to be. I got this, right? You're never gonna meet a poor man like that. And so in the same way, a spiritually poor man is someone who is aware of their spiritual need. They're aware of their condition. They see how helpless they are on their own. And so Jesus is saying, blessed are the spiritually poor. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The opposite of this, friends, the opposite of what we see in the kingdom of the world, people who think they're fine spiritually. Right, like think of the Pharisees. Think of people that maybe you even know that they go, dude, like when it comes to spirituality, check, right? I'm good, I got this, I'm totally fine. I don't need your religion, I'm good spiritually. They don't need your help, they can make it on their own. This world, you know who they say are blessed? Blessed are the self-reliant. Blessed are the self-confident, the self-confident. Blessed are those who think that they can make it on their own. But friends, this kingdom, the kingdom that Jesus is talking about belongs to those who realize they don't have enough to make it on their own. Those of you in this room who realize I do not have the goods spiritually. I'm not the man, spiritually speaking. I'm not perfect. The kingdom of God belongs to you. The kingdom is not for those who think they're awesome, but for those who know all too well how poor they are spiritually because the people who realize that they need help, they will humbly come to Jesus. Students, you wanna live for Jesus and his kingdom? You need to remind yourself daily of how spiritually poor you are. You know what happens when you go to youth group after a while? Any like veteran youth groupers? Like, yeah, I've been a youth grouper since like 2012, dude. It's just like awesome. You know what I mean? Like how many of you have been a Christian for longer than a year? Hands high, I wanna see. Longer than a year? Longer than two years, three years. Four years, 
five years, there's not a prize for the longest Christian. Don't worry, right? How many of you have been a Christian for eight years or more? What? 10 years. You're like, you're not even 10. What are you raising your hand for? You know, like how many of you have been a Christian your whole life? Wow. Give it up for, no, I'm just kidding, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I did it. No, you did it, right? Spiritually poor. But here's what happens. When you're a Christian for a long time, you know what you start to think? Dude, I'm good. Dude, I'm pretty good, right? Like I read my Bible three times a day. You start acting like it's a workout plan, right? You're like, I eat right. I go to the gym. I read my Bible. You're like, one of those things does not belong, you know? And we start to think that we're good. But friends, the longer you become a Christian, the more important it is for you to remind yourself every day. You wake up in the morning, you bow your knees, and you remind yourself, Jesus, apart from you, I have nothing. You remind yourself that God, apart from you, I have nothing going for me spiritually. I'm not the man. I don't care if I'm a student leader. I don't care if I'm a Christian. I don't care if I'm a graduate. I don't care if I'm a youth staffer. Remind yourself daily of your need. Because friends, the kingdom of God, life in his kingdom bows to the king. Let's keep going. Look who else is blessed. Not only are the poor in spirit, he says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. When you see your brokenness, like when you stop fronting and you see your own sin in your, in your life, you have two options, okay? You can dismiss it and you can go, Psh, what, what brokenness? That's just, guys, that's normal. Everybody, that's just the way things are. So you can dismiss it or you can mourn it. You can mourn over the brokenness of our world and the sin of your heart. What does it mean to mourn? Think of a funeral here. Anybody ever been to a funeral? Like you guys are young, so maybe, wow, okay. Anybody never been to a funeral? Yeah, that's crazy, huh? One day, inevitably. Is that, is that bad news? Sorry, I didn't mean it to be. I'm like, I'm not hoping, I'm just saying, the reality is we'll all be at a funeral, right? And so when you go to a funeral, the way people are dressed, the atmosphere of the room, the music that's playing, everything that is happening when you're mourning is, going to the, is pointing to the fact this is not the way it's supposed to be. When you're mourning, you're, you're, you're basically saying something is missing, right? If you're mourning a loved one, someone is missing. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And so in the same way, Jesus is saying those who look at the situation of this world, when you watch the news, and you see the brokenness that's going on, when you look at the brokenness in your next door neighbor's house, in your family's life, there's something inside of you that mourns and you go, this is not the way it's meant to be. There's something's missing. I, th this is not right. I'm looking forward to a time where this will not be the case. You're mourning spiritually. Spiritual mourning, you're living with a mentality. You're living in a way that says, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And so it's like, you know that you're mourning spiritually when you start to have this attitude in life that goes, I don't belong here. Like this is, this earth is not my home. I'm not comfortable. There's something missing. And so when I see the sin and the brokenness of our world, I don't participate. I don't celebrate in it because this is not the way that it's supposed to be. And so Jesus says, those of you who are mourning over the state of this kingdom, over the state of the world, you'll be comforted because one day you'll get to experience life in God's kingdom. Are you broken over the sin in your heart? Like, are you broken when you see the condition of our world? I, my best example of this, I watched um, Liam Neeson's Taken, right? And like, if you don't watch Taken and want to destroy everything, like, I, I doubt your humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like, you watch things like that and you go, man, that's super messed up. But then you realize it's super true. And you just, there's like a rage inside of you. You know what I mean? And you're going, this is stupid. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Something's missing. Something's broken. That's when you're mourning the state of our world. And Jesus says, you're blessed. Because as you're mourning the state of this world, you'll get to experience life in another world. Life in the kingdom of God. And so students, notice how it says shall be. Right? The first one and the last one, they say, for theirs is the kingdom of God. But for the middle ones, it switches. It says, will be. It goes to future tense. So which one is it? Am I blessed or will I be blessed? Is the kingdom here or is the kingdom will be? Like, what's happening here? Why the switch? And students, it's because when Jesus came, he started the kingdom, right? The kingdom is here in one sense. It is open. Come on in. Many of you have already come into the kingdom. 
But students, it gets better. It gets better. Like your faith is founded on the fact that there's more to come. The kingdom one day will come and be fully complete and it's not until Jesus comes back. And so yes, we are blessed in this kingdom, but many of these blessings are future looking, forward looking to the day that Jesus comes back. And so students, do you wanna mourn? Do you wanna know what it looks like to mourn? Remember that this world is not your home, okay? High school's fun. I love middle school. I like my friends. Yes, there's good things in life, right? And those are the things that God made. God created community. He created culture. But friends, we, when we look at the brokenness around us, it means that we never become comfortable with it. We never just go, you know what? That's just the way things work here. There's always a part of us that goes, no, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Keep your eyes looking forward to another kingdom. All right, let's pick up steam here. Let's keep going. Look at the next blessed. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Here's what meekness means. Meekness means you're a joke, you have no spine, and you let people walk on you, Okay? Write that down. Um, no, Sam. Guys, are you with me? That's not what meekness means, right? Here's my definition of being meek. To be meek means you have the strength to, demands, to not demand your way. You have the strength to not demand your way. Best example of meekness, hands down, Jesus Christ, right? This, Jesus gets like dragged into a room. He's in kangaroo court and they're trying to just get him. They're trying to frame him so that they can kill him. And so he comes in and they're like, they're making stuff up, right? They're like, oh yeah, I saw him do the thing with the guy at the other place, right? And like, yeah, I saw him do, and like their stories aren't even matching up. Well, I heard him say X, Y, Z. Well, I heard him say A, B, C. Dude, like it's a joke. And he sits there and they're slandering him and they're spitting at him and they're slapping him. And guess what he does? Nothing. He stays silent. Is it because Jesus was weak? No, it's the opposite, friends. It was because he had such strength that he didn't need to demand his way. He trusted God. He had an inner resolve. He had such a strength that said, you know what? God's got this. And I'm not gonna puff out my chest and try to demand my way. I know that life in God's kingdom bows to the king. And so he exemplifies this meekness. Meek does not mean weak, okay? That is not what it means. But friends, we know the tale of two kingdoms. Sam, easier said than done. That's awesome. But that's not the way things work in the kingdom of this world. In our world, people who are arrogant, people who are loud, people who are self-centered, they're celebrated. But God says in his kingdom, it's the meek who are living right. They don't demand their way. They're not aggressive for power and recognition because they trust that God is taking care of them. And then look at their reward here. Here's the reward for meekness. If you're meek, you shall inherit the earth. <laughs> hey, honey, I got a promotion at work today. Oh yeah, what'd you get? What position? You know, uh, king over the earth. No, Sam, that's not what, yes, that's what it means. It means that the people who are fighting for the top spot in this world, they're not the ones who get it. The ones who get the top spot, the ones who get to literally rule in seats of power and authority over the earth in the new kingdom are those who trusted God and didn't demand their own way. Over the earth, right? Like authority and power will be ruling in the new earth. Let's keep going here. Look who else is blessed. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Anybody have a struggle from what I call perpetual hunger? Right? Anybody have that disease? Right? It's so weird. Like, if you don't have it, you won't get it. But like, in a normal human being, you take food and you insert it here and it goes down here and then you don't have the hunger anymore. Right? And like how many people that's how it works for you, right? Normal people in the room? Yeah, right? You would think. But not for us who struggle with perpetual hunger, addiction syndrome disorder. Um, crazy acronym. But it's like the weirdest thing. We put things in our mouth and they go here and we want more. And then we put it here and swallow it and it don't go away. And we eat and, the, and it just don't stop. Nobody has that. It's just me. You get it, right? Like, do you ever, you ever have such a hunger for something that like, it's like 1130 at night and you're sitting in bed and you're like, I'm, I want that so bad. I can't sleep, cereal. right? Cereal. And you, you cereal, right? You, 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 she's so good. What kind of cereal? 
Cocoa Krispies, that's cool. See, at least that's kind of healthy late at night. My hungering and cravings are always Oreo milkshakes. So like literally, it'll be 11.30 at night and I'm laying there and I'm like, oh, stop it. Why are you doing this? You betray me. And I just want an Oreo milkshake, but it's 11.30. But he don't care, right? And so these are the times of life, mostly in college, right? For those of you going to college, you'll know these. These are the times where you, rent, you wake up your roommate and you go, bro, I need your help. And he's like, what's wrong? You need to go to the hospital? No, I need to go to Wendy's. I just need it. And you're like, you're crying. And he's like, bro, what's wrong? You don't understand. I just want an Oreo milkshake, right? You're like, all right, man, we'll get you the Oreo milkshake. And then you can go eat it on your safe room on campus. Doom, right jab. But anyway, right? You just have these cravings. You have these cravings. That was not a dig on public universities. Yes, it was. Um, right? But you have these cravings for things. And what God is saying, he goes, what's the craving of your life? Not what do you crave at 1130 at night, but what do you crave with all of your being? The thing that you say, I just want it. I want more. And he says, blessed are you who hunger for righteousness. Because we know, guys, you have friends. You watch movies. You listen to songs. A lot of them are crap, but whatever. You, you know the kingdom of the world. You know what the cravings are in this kingdom. Money, control, power, success. We know what's being craved here. But Jesus says, those of you who hunger for righteousness, those of you who have such a craving to see people obey God, those of you who live in a world marked by, or who crave to live in a world that is marked by goodness and purity. Dude, if that's you, man, like, I get that way sometimes, right? And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Like, when I go to camp and I see you guys, like, singing and, and discussing the sermons, like, there wells up inside of me such a hunger. I'm like, dude, I want more of this. A lot of you guys, you come from camp and you start to get, you start to kind of taste it and you go, yes, I want more of this. And Jesus is saying, blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness because guess what? I have good news. The kingdom is coming and that's what marks this kingdom. And so that craving will be satisfied. Ultimate thirst quencher, the kingdom, right? Let's keep going here. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. This is probably the hardest one for me because if you show mercy in this world, it's a sign of weakness, right? To let it go. Dude, they wronged you, Austin. You can't just let it go. That would be weak, wouldn't it? And so in our world, what you do is if somebody wrongs you, you puff up your chest you remind them how important you are and how brutally they must pay for wronging someone as important as you. But not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we take our cue from the king. Friends, Jesus Christ is the most merciful human, or the most, he is a human being, but he's the most merciful being in the universe. Jesus Christ, right? God himself has been wronged by every single human being on the planet. And yet he's so merciful that he's willing to still offer you and invite you back into his kingdom. What? And so in his kingdom, we show mercy because we're taking our cue from the king. In the kingdom, friends, we don't hold grudges, <clears throat> all right? When somebody wrongs us, we're not gonna make them pay. We're not gonna puff up our chest. We're not gonna do these things because life in God's kingdom bows to the king. And so if somebody wrongs you, you trust that God will take care of it and you show them mercy like God would. In this community of youth group, like I love watching you guys in community because you're growing up, right? That's profound. But you're growing up and you're learning the ebbs and flows of friends. And here's what happens. Um, do you remember the first time, AKA, here's what I did. Do you remember the first time that you realized my mom and dad are not home and the Oreo cookies that usually they make me eat only three of them, they're also home. You remember that coming of age moment? Maybe it wasn't Oreos, maybe it was your Cocoa Krispies or Butterfingers, but you're in the house and you realize, wait a minute, mom and dad aren't here. And the thing that I usually am limited to, I have ultimate access to. I remember the time I ate a whole pack of Oreo cookies in one sitting. No. I did. <laughs> Guess what else I did? I'm not kidding, I swear, right? I don't swear, because in a few weeks we'll learn, let your yes be yes. But here's what I did. I put chocolate syrup in my milk. How many of you like chocolate milk? Dude, listen to this math, this is awesome. You put chocolate syrup in the milk, it tastes good. 
Therefore, my scientific genius as a 10-year-old says the more chocolate syrup, the more tastes good. Right? Not right, dude. I puked my brains out. I puked my brains out because I realized that, wait a minute, more of this does not equal good. What in the world does that illustration have to do with this? Trusting, what was I talking about, mercy? We don't hold grudges? <laughs> the Oreos were so bad, right? I forget what we do. But anyway, it, that was a senior moment. You're grow- oh, yes. So you're growing up in community, right? You're growing up. I was so close. I almost lost it. But you're growing up in community, and you treat each other like the Oreo cookies. You know what I mean? You go, oh, my gosh, I love Kennedy. She's such a good friend. Let's spend all of our time together. And you guys, okay, I don't make fun of you to your faces, you know. I just, I'm teaching you that you guys, you go to camp, you go to, you come to each other and you go, oh my gosh, you're my best friend in the whole wide world today. And so you spend all your time with each other. And then you're just like, you're in my office three weeks later and you go, I don't know what happened, but like, I thought we were besties, but she like, I just don't even like her anymore. And I'm like, you ate all the Oreos at once, didn't you? (laughs) You know? And so what happens is when you're in a community that celebrates community as much as we do, you're going to have those times where you wrong one another. You're going to have those times where you get sick of one another. Where you're going to say, you know what, bro? You slept over my house four days in a row. I think it's time to go to your own bed, right? (laughs) It's okay. Those things happen. But friends, if this community is going to continue to glorify God, we can't hold grudges. We have to be a community that is quick to show mercy. And you know what the reward is for being merciful? You'll receive mercy. The reward is that when Jesus comes back, he will show you mercy if you're merciful. And if you don't show mercy, he won't show you mercy because then you're a hypocrite. We learned that a few weeks ago in Matthew 18, the unforgiving servant. And so blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Let's keep going. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. In our world, purity's laughed at. Let's just be honest, right? Like I remember, um, I went to a camp growing up and I remember talking about purity and pornography and all these things. And I remember kids that weren't kind of part of our church circle. Like they weren't in our culture. They didn't know the way things worked in the kingdom of God. And they looked at us, but, but they looked at us and they said, but what's wrong with that? Like, who am I hurting? Like, that's normal. Went, no, new what are you talking about? No, the Bible said, and like, you're like little. So you're trying to quote the Bible to people that don't even care about the Bible. And then they drop this line on you. But like, my dad told me it's normal. And you're just like, what? I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. Because in the kingdom of this world, that is the way things work. Some of you guys are in families like that, right? Where you know for a fact that your parents look at pornography or you know that they do things outside of their marriage, whatever it is. Purity is looked at as naive and innocent and childlike. And you guys just gotta be mature and grow up and just get it. That's the way things work. Friends, for people that are trying to live in the kingdom of God, do not buy it. Do not buy it. There's nothing honorable about coming out of purity. Pursue purity. Pursue maturity. The pure in heart are blessed. But look at the motivation here for purity, students. Look at the motivation for the purity. He doesn't say the pure in heart will make their youth pastors happy. Okay? Blessed are the pure in heart because they have good youth pastors. No. He doesn't say blessed are the pure in heart because they're making mommy and daddy happy. He says blessed are the pure in heart because they will see God. Students, there's no greater motivation to pursue purity than the fact that when Jesus comes back, you'll be with him. We, you know, in our small groups and at camps, we always talk about this. Like this is like, if you're new to citizens, you're like, what is he talking about? Like sexual purity is like the number one thing like in the world right now. And so then there's some of you in here, even as I say that, like the little voice in your head says, I thought it was just me. I thought I was alone. Newsflash, it's everywhere. And so the sooner you accept that and you open up and you, come and you become transparent and we'll deal with it together as a community, like you'll be better off. But what we realize is the motivation for our purity, right? As we deal with this is like, we get to be with God. Like there's no greater motivation than the fact that we will be with him. That's our motivation. And so those of us who pursued purity in the example of our king will be with him. 
We'll be with him. Let's keep going. Almost done here. Blessed are the peacemakers. See, usually when I preach a sermon, I preach like a three-point sermon. Jesus is preaching an eight-point sermon here. So uh, this is crazy. So blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. In this world, we celebrate fights, right? Like, and I'm guilty, dude. I was watching baseball a couple weeks ago, and like the guy with the bat ran after the guy throwing the ball, and he hit him in the face repeatedly. I watched that video like five times. You know what I mean? Like Bryce Harper going head to head with the pitcher. I was just like, that's kind of sick. Wait, but why, right? Why is it that in this world we get our jollies off of violence? Why is it that we celebrate fights? Why is it that the number one ranked television show is drama? Why is it that we get our jollies off of watching what the Kardashians, who cares about the Kardashians? Why are they famous? Because they're dysfunctional and there's cameras there. My family would be more famous than the Kardashians if there was a camera there. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. In this world, we get our jollies off of dysfunction and disunity. But in the kingdom of God, it's a kingdom of peace, friends. It's marked by shalom, the Hebrew word shalom, meaning that all relationships, relationships with God, relationships with others, relationship with myself, relationship with the world, it's full of delight and they're flourishing as God designed it to be. And so we're supposed to be peacemakers. Students, this is a big one, all right? Because you live in like, high school is like a, like a powder keg where you put a little spark of drama and everybody's face just gets blown off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised if you made it through this year of high school. Raise your hand if you made it through this whole year of high school without even the slightest drama. I'm curious. The one kid who's not in high school. Awesome, all right? And the one kid who graduated high school. Dude, like, are you a peacemaker? Can I just ask you point blank, students? As a, like, for those of you who are Christians, are you a peacemaker? Are things more in unison and in unity because of you, or do you disrupt the peace? Are you divisive? Are you dramatic? Friends, if you're trying to live in this kingdom, I understand you're in the tale of two kingdoms, but God is a peacemaker. And so those who are also peacemakers will enjoy the status sons and daughters of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. And then last but not least, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Like they're saying garbage about you, but it's not even true garbage. At least make fun of me with something that's true. They're swearing falsely about you. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The last group we see here that are blessed are the persecuted. Imagine standing up in your school and like getting beat up because you believe in Jesus. That would never happen, would it? I mean, like, what about worse than getting beat up? Think about Columbine. Were you guys even born when Columbine happened? You guys were probably like children, babies? When a dude walks into the school and asks you point blank, do you believe in Jesus? And then kills you? Blessed, Jesus? That person is blessed? In God's kingdom, those who are persecuted for standing up for him and following him, he says, yeah, you're blessed. This is how it's been since the beginning, friends. Since the beginning, the kingdom of God has been at war with the kingdom of this world. And if you're trying to live in the kingdom of God, you'll get beaten. They've done this to the prophets. They've done this their whole lives. The whole history of, of humanity. And he says, blessed are you if this is you. He says, actually rejoice because you're in good company. Yeah. You're in good company. This is confirmation that you are living for Jesus. Who, by the way, he himself was persecuted. Jesus himself was beaten and hung on a cross. So blessed are you when you're persecuted. That's the Beatitudes. Everybody take a deep breath. That's the first message, all right? Eight point sermon there from Jesus Christ. But everything that he's saying in that sermon is saying the same thing over and over. Life in God's kingdom bows to the king. All of these Beatitudes have the same thing in common. They're marked by humility. They're marked by saying, I'm following the king. And so as we respond, as the band comes up here and we get ready to close here, my question for you tonight is this. Which kingdom do you live in? Which kingdom do you live in? Are you living according to the kingdom of this world? Are you living according to the administration and the vision and the plan and the lifestyle of the kingdom of this world? Or are you living in the kingdom of God.
And so I'm gonna pray for you guys here as we close. And here's where I wanna pray, okay? Maybe you're in here and you say, Sam, I want to live in the kingdom of God. I've declared Jesus is my king. I wanna live for him, but I'm caught in the tale of two kingdoms. I feel the tension and I feel the pressure because I'm surrounded by the kingdom of this world as I try to live for the kingdom of God. If that's you and you say, Sam, pray for me, I'm gonna pray for you right now. Anybody there, you feel on a daily basis or when you're in school, like, do you ever feel that tension? Do you try to live for God and you feel the pull of the world? Yeah, I'll pray for you, yeah. Anyone else? Just say, dude, pray for me because I'm a regular human and I want to live for Jesus, but it's hard. Anyone trying to live for Jesus? Yeah, absolutely, I'll pray for you. Dude, of course, yes, absolutely. Christians, yes, of course, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then there's others of you in here, right? And we say this all the time, where you go, dude, I'm not living in the kingdom of God. Like, I'm, I'm just living in the normal kingdom because I didn't know there was another kingdom. And, uh, and I just want you to know, like, you're welcome here. This is not just a Christian club, you know? I'm not a Christian, am I allowed to go there? No! No, like, anybody's allowed here. But maybe you're here and you're like, dude, I, I, I'm not really living for Jesus, but I would like to know more and I, I, I'd like to understand it. I, I wouldn't mind trying to get this. That was a crazy long sermon, Sam, and I don't really get it, but pray for me because I want to maybe understand a little bit more. Anybody that? Should I pray for you that way? Say, dude, help me understand it. Okay, well, we'll pray as we invite friends to camp. Fr- like understand students, Christians, that's gonna be your friends when they come to camp. They're not gonna get this. They're not gonna understand the way things work here, but we'll pray for them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, God. Thank you for the Bible that explains to us how to live in your kingdom. And God, my heart goes out to these students who are surrounded by the kingdom of this world. And I just pray that you would help them. Father, I pray that you would give them strength, um, that you would bless them as they strive to stand for you and live a humble life in your kingdom. Help us as a community to be citizens of your kingdom and to please you in every area of our life. In Jesus' name, amen.